0: What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Welcome to another AV Quickie. Also, just a reminder, if you like this episode, you can find more content at AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at AdventuresInVideoLand. We are critics with attitude, which means this episode might contain explicit content. Anything goes when you're in Videoland. Sometimes you might get some inappropriate language, some locker room talk, so if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. All right, guys, hot take. Very unpopular opinion here. I think Peanut Butter Falcon is the most overrated movie of 2019. If I would have bet money in early 2019, I would have bet on Peanut Butter Falcon cracking my top 5 list. I would never have guessed I'd be giving it a negative review tonight. Why? Because everyone loves this fucking movie. I mean, everyone loves this fucking movie. And I get the appeal. I really do. It's a Mark Twain, Huckleberry... Fucking adventure. I mean, it'll put a smile on your face. It'll make you feel happy. It has a lot of heart. It's the indie movie, the little movie that could of 2019. It's an underdog story. I mean, fuck. It's about a man with Down syndrome that goes on an adventure. I mean, what's not to like, right? Look, it pulls all the heartstrings and makes us feel good inside our special little heart place. And there's a lot of beautiful moments, a lot of beautiful sentiments, but for all of its heart, I don't buy a goddamn thing that happens in this movie. It's so hard to believe at times. The script just has things happen just because it has to. Heart and sentiment can only carry a movie so far. It doesn't excuse plot holes, cliches, and it doesn't excuse lazy writing. This movie, above all else, in my opinion, is lazy. Look, movies are subjective, guys. There's things you'll give a free pass to, and there's things that I'll give a free pass to. You know, If you like this movie, keep on keeping on. I'm not here to steal your joy. I can only tell you my thoughts and be 100% real with the listeners. I know there's people that will absolutely, absolutely hate this review. Videolanders, Kyle Brown and Marshall Wade, friends of Videoland, they will hate this review. And I know there's people who will line up exactly with my thoughts. I'm looking at you, Ryan Smith, but I have so many problems with this movie. For me, I think the script for this movie feels like a first draft. It feels rushed. I think this movie could have been I think this movie could have been Pantheon with another few script passes. Actually, you know what? There's probably a few people who haven't seen the movie. So, before I go any further, in case you haven't seen the movie, which I think everyone has seen the movie and they fucking love it, but real quick, I have a synopsis pulled up from IMDb after running away from a residential nursing home to pursue his dream of becoming a pro wrestler, a man who has Down syndrome befriends an outlaw who becomes his coach and ally. That sounds great. You would be a fool not to greenlight that indie script. you know. But real quick, let's talk about the journey. Two unlikely guys go on an adventure. I don't buy that these two guys would ever stay together. At least not at the beginning. At the beginning of the movie, Tyler, which is a... Tyler Shia LaBeouf's character is clearly annoyed by Zach. Zach's the the character with a disability. And there's a moment at the beginning of the movie, before they've bonded and and before they've become friends, that Tyler runs into the healthcare provider that is looking for Zach. This is the perfect opportunity for Tyler to get rid of the extra baggage. Remember, just like IMDb says, he's an outlaw on the run. And this is the first act, okay? Before they've bonded, it's clearly irresponsible to not give Zach over to the caretaker, right? She doesn't give off any red flags, very beautiful lady. You know, Zach clearly has needs. You know, you're annoyed and running from rednecks that want to kill you. Why would you keep Zach? I don't buy it. He definitely has needs, right? You, you, you can say that Tyler has issues with authority or blah, 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 but it, it's it's in Tyler's best interest to lose the extra baggage. People are trying to kill him. And again, he's clearly annoyed by Zach, or at least move the, that scene with the caretaker to the end of the second act. And then I understand not telling the caretaker because, well... You know, you've know, you bonded and you've become friends with Zach. Still not a good idea, all right? But I'll buy it. You know, it's, it's a little smoother. Also, backtracking. You know, I don't know why Tyler and Zach are walking and swimming all over the fucking globe. All right? And on their journey, Zach could have been shot by a blind guy. He could have drowned, hit by a fucking boat, killed in a wrestling ring. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, he's way better off with people who are providing care for him. Not an outlaw. You know, I get that Zack can do things on his own, but he still needs assistance because Zack's decision-making is not great. It's very childlike. You know, sure, the health providers, they might baby him, but they don't put him in harm's way. All right? Again, Zach needs assistance. I think this movie really puts social workers in a negative light. You know, I happen to know some really really awesome social workers that would make this guy's dreams become a reality. You know, they, they would get him to the wrestling thing in Florida, the proper way through the proper channels without putting him in harm's way, without getting him hit by a fucking boat rant over anyway, backtracking. I don't know why Tyler and Zach are walking and swimming all over the place. Again, the script just does things. It just puts them on this adventure walking all over the earth and we're just supposed to go with it. You know, the movie tells us, you know, uh, that that they they can't hitchhike, which I call bullshit. You know, because at the the beginning of this movie, Tyler burns $12,000 worth of fishing equipment. I actually got that number off of Wikipedia because the movie never tells us how much damage. But it looks like some shitty old crab crates. Like, I'd give you fucking $50 on a good day for these crates, all right? $50 worth of damage max is what it looks like. You know, Tyler starts hitchhiking at the beginning of the movie before he meets Zach to get out of town, and it's just said that roadblocks went up. And then we get a passing line that, you know, the fire that Tyler set got out of hand. So did Tyler blow up the whole fucking dock? I mean, that's information I need to know. You know, maybe if he did blow up the fucking docks, I could I could buy the roadblocks. But the movie makes it sound like the fishermen. Uh Duncan and I think his name's fucking Rat Boy are setting up the roadblocks. That's what it what the movie makes it sound like. But I'm not for sure. I don't know who's setting up the roadblocks. I don't know how many roadblocks there are. Is it just in this small town? Uh but it would have been nice to see a roadblock to show the stakes. That's why Tyler and Zach are walking all over North Carolina. I think that's where the the movie takes place. You know, I can buy that, you know, I can buy that you would stay off the roads to get past a few roadblocks. But after a while, wouldn't you start hitchhiking again so you don't have to go through swamps and get your dick bitten by a fucking mosquito? Now, look, I, I know that doesn't make a good movie, but that's why you need another pass at the script to keep these characters traveling on foot. You know, show me them popping up and police are at a, at a roadblock and they have to keep traveling on foot. I don't buy the roadblocks for shit, all right? Do they have roadblocks on every fucking corner? I mean, it literally makes no sense. You know, Anyway, I don't buy that they would be traveling on foot together. You have to sell me on that journey. You have to push these characters together. Another script pass. Also, the movie makes it look like they've walked... And swimmed all over North Carolina. But I have no idea how far they've traveled. I have no idea where they are. Are they just in someone's large fucking backyard? Because in my mind, they should be a needle in a fucking haystack. you know. But the redneck fishermen, they find them not once, but they find them twice. I mean, you might as well take your chances at fucking hitchhiking, right? Fuck, even the caretaker finds them, randomly. Everyone finds them, but the fucking police. That's another frustrating thing. Actually, the most frustrating thing, the facility sends a caretaker out to bring back the man with Down syndrome, right? Makes sense, right? My wife is a social worker. If she did half of the shit that this caretaker does in Peanut Butter Falcon, she would be fired and arrested. If you can shut off your brain and just go with the story, then you'll probably love this movie. But as the IMDb synopsis says, Shia LaBeouf's character is an outlaw. He's a likable enough guy. He's a good old boy, but he's a loose cannon. He set fire to the fucking docks. You know, he's a fucking outlaw. Zach is not safe in his hands. You know, there's a scene where the healthcare professional caretaker just randomly finds them again. Everyone finds them. She gets her keys thrown in the river by Zach and goes rafting down the river with him. I would love to see, honestly, how a trained professional is supposed to deal with these circumstances. You know, my wife on that boat? Holy fuck. If she didn't have her keys or if her phone didn't work due to reception, you go find help. You flag down the cops. There's there's roadblocks everywhere, right? Supposedly. They're easy to find. Just keep an eye on the raft in the river. Don't put yourself in danger, too. That has to be, like, code, right? I mean, that has to be, like, textbook shit, you know? You don't know who this this Tyler guy fucking is. Her job is to bring back her client. What does she do? She goes with them down the fucking river, takes shit from Tyler about Zach's blood sugar, which... I'm sure there's times that Zach has resisted eating and his blood sugar has been all out of whack I'm sure he's on I'm sure he's on medication uh, she t- she takes all that horse shit. Um, and then there's a romantic spark between her and the criminal and then she takes Zach to a backyard wrestling thing where oh my god he could have been seriously injured or worse he could have been killed or paralyzed. And she can't stop the fight because Tyler, the criminal, all right, handcuffs her to the steering wheel of the car. Do you know why? Because he's a fucking criminal. You should never have got on the raft. What? Oh, what the fuck? Tyler is not a good provider for Zach. Why are we rooting for these guys? Why are we rooting for this romance? It's fucked up. Actually, you know what happens during the wrestling match? Tyler gets hit in the head with a hammer by the the, the the redneck fishermen that are tracking him. Hit in the head with a fucking hammer. <sighs> I was hoping the movie would at least end on a darker note, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where it's just a dark ending. But the movie cuts to the hospital. Everyone's crying. Is Tyler dead? Is he? No. It takes the Hollywood easy way out, and the caretaker, Tyler, and Zach cross the state line and go to Florida to the wrestling thing. Again, what the fuck? Tyler has a bloody bandage over his head in the backseat. Did the, did the caretaker kidnap him? Are they all going to live like, ha- happily ever after in Florida? Are the roadblocks conveniently gone now? Now can you hitch a ride? Supposedly the executive producers didn't want Tyler in the backseat of the car at the end of the movie, but evidently that suggestion shit the bed. The ending of this movie is straight cringe. I Man, I wish the directors would have listened to the producers because leave Tyler's fate up to our imagination. You know, I asked my wife, what would happen as a social worker if she did this with one of her clients? drive to florida with an outlaw and a runaway client fired and arrested that's what she said once again i think i've said this 6 times what the fuck i saw a review with a guy who has a kid with down syndrome and he said that this is this movie is everything that he wanted from a from a movie and that he gave it 10 stars i'm thinking you want your kid to run off with a fucking outlaw i'm thinking to myself If your kid is put in this same situation, it's not going to turn out well for your kid. I'm sorry, buddy. He's going to probably die of alcohol poisoning. He's going to get hit by a fucking boat. He's going to get shot by a blind guy. God knows. Maybe he gets hit with a fucking hammer. Or he gets fucking DDT'd by Jake the Snake in a fucking wrestling ring, and he's crippled for... I don't... uh, It's so aggravating. The problem with this movie is... One of the problems with this movie is that it's grounded in reality. The real world rules apply. You know, I could have went with a lot of this movie if it was framed like Taika Watiti's Jojo Rabbit. You know, in a movie like Jojo, everything is quirky, it's fantasy. One foot is in the real world, and the other foot is in this heightened Taika Watiti reality. You know, that works for me. Again, films are subjective. Maybe you think that's bullshit and it sucks. But I can't criticize your movie if you set up your movie rules, all right? The Peanut Butter Falcon, it it establishes itself in the real world, all right? Real world rules apply, but there's no consequences. It's one of my unforgivable movie sins. And I'm just going to throw this out. Again, it makes social workers look absolutely stupid. You know, I would have loved to see a quirky Taika Waititi version of this movie, or just take another few passes at the screenplay to make everything work and gel, just work a little smoother. You know, with the real-world rules and tone of this movie, the script comes off lazy and amateurish, man. It just feels underbaked, undercooked. Hell, I have two co-hosts, you know who you are, that work with kids, and I don't think they would make any of the choices that are made in this movie. But hey, fuck it, you know, let's talk about the positives, but only for a second. Um, there's some terrific performances from the leads. Shia LaBeouf is great. Um, their chemistry is fantastic. And I love the behind-the-scenes story. Um, if, if you haven't, go uh, go read about it. You know, Google the uh, behind-the-scenes stories um, from Peanut Butter Falcon. But supposedly the directors wrote the script around the actor that plays Zach, uh, Zach Gotsigan. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, But he always wanted to be an actor and he got his chance, which he's amazing. I really think that's cool. I love that real life story. And supposedly this was, this movie was being filmed during the, uh, around the same time when Shia LaBeouf was, you know, unhinged and, you know, acting all crazy. I think this is around the same time he got arrested and, you know, he comes back to set and Zach, um, you know, he helped Shia LaBeouf turn his life around, you know, off screen, and I think that's beautiful. Great behind-the-scenes stories. It's it's worth a Google. Go check them out. And Oscars would be fucking stupid not to nominate this as Best Picture just to have you know these two actors share the stage together because it, it would it would light up the Oscars. You know it it, it would it would sell the Oscars. Um, movie sucks, but they're great. Um, back to negatives. Um, the movie is a beautiful sentiment. You know, but it just crumbles. With every scene, um, you can say, "Hey, it's just a movie, Brad." Yes, it's it's just a movie that abandons logic, and it says, "Fuck you to the system." Dakota Johnson's character is the embodiment of North Carolina mental health in this movie. Her boss is an asshat, and even one of the other caretakers early on in the movie calls Zach, you know, a very insulting name. Uh, the the directors don't put mental health employees in a positive light. And again, the system might be broken a little bit, the system might be flawed, but it has some great people taking care of people like Zach. I, I know people that work in the field. I just I think it's irresponsible, I think it's insulting. You know, the, the caretaker says, fuck it to her duties as a caretaker, falls in love with the criminal, the criminal who Gets her client drunk, teaches him to steal and cuss, wear watermelons on his head. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Did everyone watch the same fucking movie that I did? I feel like I'm being punked here. I feel like there's a different version of Peanut Butter Falcon out there. And uh, the supporting cast is completely wasted. You know, uh, with the exception of Thomas Hayden Church as Saltwater Redneck. He was um, a, a bright spot in this movie, and uh, it was cool to see Jake the Snake and Mick Foley. Um, although, I thought Jake the Snake got his shit together. I thought he lost a bunch of weight with Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, he kind of looked like shit in this, but it was awesome to see uh, Jake the Snake. But uh, the rest of the supporting cast, Bruce Dern, John Hawks, John Burenthal, were completely wasted. Anyone could have played their roles. Alright, overall, The Peanut Butter Falcon is a film with, I think, good intentions. It has heart. I get I get why, at face value, people like it. I really do. But I can't recommend this movie, guys. Most overrated movie of 2019. Anyways, guys, those are my quick thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this quickie as much as I did. Let me know if you agree or disagree in the comment section of this episode. What's your opinion? Did Peanut Butter Falcon pull your heartstrings Am I a cold-hearted bastard? is it an Oscar contender? Watch your thoughts, let me know. Anyway, guys, thanks for going on this adventure with me. You can find me on videoland.com. I'm on Instagram. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. If you're looking for a long-form podcast with some guys just shooting this shit about movies, then look for our weekly episodes on the website. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, peace out. <laughs>